despite all the YouTube, basketball, even this show, I started as a writer and I am still a prolific writer. As a matter of fact, I send out emails damn near every day. I call this the daily game email. I want you to get this every day to your inbox completely for free. So simply go to workonmygame.com. That's workonmygame.com and get my emails directly to your inbox every day free of charge. Again, that's workonmygame.com. Wherever you're listening to the show, please subscribe to the show so that you are getting notified about every new episode that comes out and leave a rating of the show so that other people can know about it. We can move up the algorithm so other people can work on their game the same way you're working on your game. Now let's get to it. I send out a daily motivation text every single morning that is guaranteed to have you focused, sharp and on point to start your day. And I promise you, you want to receive this message. All you have to do to join my text community is to text me at my number 305 384 6894. Once you join, we'll tell you all your options for how often you can get text by us and all of that. Just text me at the number 305-384-6894 to get that daily motivation. Your business is your ability to sell the thing because if you don't sell it, there's no business. Okay, Just because you have it doesn't put you in business. The fact that you can sell it puts you in business. Pretty exceptional. Work on your game. I like the approach. Work on your fucking game. Everybody has, relates to what Dre's saying in a different way. Work on your game. I like the way he thinks. Work on your fucking game. I like the frameworks that he's put together. Work on your game. And I would highly recommend it to anybody that's trying to work on their game. Work on your fucking game. I think it's a good approach. It's a different approach, too. Hey, you, work on your game. Gave me something really good. Work on your game. DreOldDay.com. And his philosophy makes a lot of sense. Not only work on your game, perfect your craft. Work on your game. He knows how to communicate in such a fabulous way. I can't say it enough. Work on your game. Are you tired of feeling like a human science experiment with that cabinet full of supplements of junk you're taking every day and don't even know what it is? You can't even pronounce half the stuff you're putting in your body. I know you know what I'm talking about. So say hello to AG1. This is a supplement that I take besides protein and water. The only other thing I take, your one-stop shop for all things health and vitality. It's like having a team of superheroes in a single bottle ready to rescue you from nutrient deficiencies and boost your overall well-being. That sounds good, right? Let me tell you what AG1 is. It's the ultimate multitasker, delivering a powerful blend of 75 vitamins, minerals, and other incredible ingredients all at once. It's like a nutrient-packed smoothie, but without the blender, without the mess, and without that questionable flavor combination that you had yesterday. With AG1, you'll get the nutrients you need without the taste bud turmoil. And any of you who's been taking a lot of stuff, you know what I'm talking about. But hold on, there's more. When you jump on the AG1 train today, you're going to get an epic offer. Here's the offer. Get a free one-year supply of vitamin D. That's the sunshine vitamin that keeps your immune system and bones in top shape. And that's not all. You're going to enjoy five free AG1 travel packs with your first shipment ensuring that you stay on top of your health game even while you're on the go and all you got to do is take a scoop of this stuff or one travel pack eight ounces of water and your shaker bottle which ag1 will give to you so this is the simplest easiest way to get nutrients for your body every single day you don't need a blender you don't need ice you don't have to try random combinations none of that garbage say goodbye to all of that so if a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine then try ag1 and get a free one-year supply of vitamin d and five free AG1 travel packs with your first order. Go to drinkag1.com slash work on your game. 
That's drinkag1.com slash work on your game. Check it out and join the AG1 party for a healthier, happier you. Your taste buds and your body will thank you. You are now tuned into the show where you learn the discipline to show up day after day to do the work, the confidence to put yourself out there boldly and authentically in the mental toughness to continue showing up, doing the work, putting yourself out there, even when the success you've expected to achieve has yet to be achieved. And on top of all this, you get a huge dose of personal initiative, which is the go-getter energy that moves any one of us, including yourself, to go and make things happen instead of wait for things to happen. And then we put all this together into a series of frameworks, approaches, insights, strategies, and techniques all underneath the umbrella of one unifying philosophy that is called work on your game. My name is Dre Baldwin, also known as Dre All Day, and welcome to the show. And today's topic is the six pieces of a successful book. This is going to be a quick two-part mini-series for any of you who is a book author, whether you are working on your first book, whether you are thinking about writing a book, or you already have a book or books published, and you want to make sure that you have done all the things you could do to make to ensure the success of that book. This means either maybe you can go back and do some stuff for that book that maybe you didn't do, and or you can use this as knowledge for your future books. So before we get into that, though, let me remind everybody, I send out a text every day guaranteed to have you focus sharp and on point. I call it the daily motivation. I send one out every week called the Monday motivation guaranteed to do the same thing. All you got to do is text me to join my text community. You'll be getting that message. That number is 305-384-6894. And once you text me, we'll tell you immediately what your options are, how it works and all of that. If you don't get an immediate response, we're still working on some things when it comes to the way that those texts are working and all of that, we'll get that fixed soon. And then you'll be getting the text as normal if you're not getting them as normal right now. And we'll make up for any lost time for any of you who was already getting the messages and you're wondering what the hell happened to them. We'll get that fixed. Secondly, work on your game university. That's the place where I do all my coaching. It's the only place you can work with me directly. Just go to work on your game university.com. That link is down below in the description. There we have a four part framework, mindset, strategy, systems, accountability, where what I do is we take, as you may know, with my background as an athlete, we take all the tools to help athletes get to the top of the sports world. We translate those tools over to the business world, again, to help professionals like yourselves perform at your highest level, do so consistently, and make more money. So even though I introduced the show talking about the mindset foundation, that's the foundation of what Work On Your Game started with. Mindset is just the start. Then we move on to the strategy, which is the plan of action. Then the system, which is how can we do this over and over again, the process. And the process means executing the plan over and over and over again. And then the accountability. How do you make sure that the process is working the way it's supposed to and the people are doing what they're supposed to? So that's our four part framework in working your game university. And anything you ever heard me talk about on this show fits underneath of one of those, including the series that we're going to get into here today. So, again, the topic today is the six pieces of a successful book. Now, I'm the author of 35 books officially as of the recording of this episode. Now, if you were to look me up on any writing or book platform, you'll see I probably have close to 100 titles listed, but I officially call myself an author of 35. I, officially, I got like 100 titles, but again, 35 full-fledged books that I would say. And I talk to and hear from a lot of people who are writing books and want to write books, naturally. So today and tomorrow, I'm going to do a short mini-series on the six things that must be in place if you want to release a book successfully. And let's define this word successful because people throw that word out but don't really give flesh to it. So when I say successful, what I mean is you put the book out, you get it in front of your target readers, and they actually go get the book, however they need to get it, whether they download it, they buy it, whatever, they read it, and they get value from it. And value can mean a lot of different things. Value can mean they just read it and they laughed, or they read it and they cried, or they read it and they got information, or they read it and they actually went and applied the stuff that you told them to do. It depends on what's in your book, which one they're going to do. Maybe they do all four or something else that I didn't mention. So when I say successful, 
That's what I mean in the context of books in this series. Okay, so successful, I'm giving flesh to that. So anytime you throw around that word successful, make sure you give flesh to what success actually means, because what success means for you may not be what your listener thinks success means. So you need to be clear what you're talking about when you use that word, because that's one of those relative words, one of those slippery words that can mean a hundred different things to a hundred different people. So now that you know that, let's get into it. Point number one. Topic, once again, is the six pieces of a successful book. Number one is editorial. What does editorial mean? Editorial simply means, some people may be intimidated by that word, but it actually means a very simple thing. What is the book and what is it about? All right. What the book is, I wrote this book called The Third Day, and it's about how you show up and give your best effort when you least feel like it. That's editorial. What is the book and what is it about? That's it. All right. In simple terms, the writing of your book. That's the editorial because whatever you call the book, whatever the title, the subtitle, and then just the basic premise of what someone would get if they read it, that's the editorial. So you should be able to explain it in a sentence so that someone gets it. Again, doesn't mean they need to go buy it. Just as I told you, that doesn't mean you're going to jump out of your chair and go to thirddaybook.com and get your free copy of that book. What you should do doesn't mean you're going to do it, but you understand what it is. All right, that's it. People just need to know what it is and understand what it's about. That's all editorial means. Now, you have to actually write the book so that it actually fits what you say is about. That's your job. But this should be clear. Your editorial needs to be clear. Okay. So when someone reads your book, what's actually in it? What are they going to get from it? You should be writing your book with your reader in mind. The book is not for you. It's for the reader. If you want to write a book for you, then you can go get a diary or a journal and don't ever show it to anybody. But if you're writing a book to put out to the public, the book needs to be for the person whom you want to go and acquire your book, the person you want to go and read your book. Okay. Whatever that happens to be. So you should be, again, write your book with the reader in mind, give them what you believe they need or what they want. So if your book is based on entertainment, then it should be entertaining for your ideal reader. Again, not for everybody, just your ideal reader. If you want them to feel some type of emotion, anger, sadness, anything like that, your writing should reflect that. All right. You should be asking yourself if you are getting that done as you write. All right. Is this book doing what I said the book is going to do or what I told myself the book was going to do? You can also ask your editors or your proofreaders if you are doing that job, if you have editors or proofreaders. And I would suggest if you're not sure with your editorial, have somebody else read the book. Say, hey, is this book actually doing what it's supposed to be doing? So if your book is based on getting someone a certain type of results or changing their mindset, something like that, my books are usually in that category, then you need to make sure your book is doing the job that it was assigned to do. Okay. So the editorial is simply about making sure your words are a reflection of what you say the book is going to be about. Your words being the words in the book need to be a reflection of what the words out of your mouth say that the book is going to be. Everybody follow me? So as you're writing, you need to keep your reader in mind so that you are serving the reader, not just serving yourself by just doing something that feels good to you, but it doesn't actually do what you are selling the book as. Everybody follow me? This is the editorial. And this is why having editors is a good idea. That's why if I was to say, someone was asking you, Dre, what's your best written book? I would say my book, Work On Your Game, because it went through a very, very arduous editorial process where we made sure the book did exactly what it said it was going to do. And that's why the words in that book came out perfect because the editing was very thorough. It was extremely thorough editing. Now, again, that doesn't mean the rest of my books are trash. The rest of my books are actually very good too. But the whole point being, it was a lot of editing and the editorial made sure the book did exactly what it was supposed to do. So that's why if somebody asked me, which book would you recommend anybody read? They never heard of you. They just want to start with one book. I would give them work on your game for two reasons. One is the one I just told you. The other reason is because it encompasses the entire work on your game framework in one book. 
Whereas every other book I have is kind of a sub framework within the work on your game framework. So the third day is under the framework of discipline. Mirror motivation is a little more mindset. Super you is about confidence. Work on your game. The book is about all of these things and everything put together, business, mindset, basketball, all of it into one book. And the framework that created this whole thing is all in that book. So that's the reason why I give people that book. You know what is the biggest thing that separates the high level performers from everyone else out there? It is not talent. It is not hard work. It is not resources. It is not knowledge. It is not skill. It is the fact that they have a process and a strategy for how to show up and give their best effort, even on the days when they don't feel like being at work. Does any of you ever have one of those days? Does any of you have one of those days right now? That day is called the third day. We put a label on it and we describe exactly what it is in my new book called The Third Day, The Decision That Separates the Pros from the Amateurs. In this book, I will not only describe to you what the third day is, but I will help you create a formula for yourself for you to show up and give your best effort, even on those days when you don't even feel like going to work. In that book, you're going to become a professional and no longer be an amateur. I'll give you a free copy of it. As a matter of fact, all you have to do is cover the shipping. Just go to thirddaybook.com. Again, thirddaybook.com. Moving on to point number two. Today's topic, once again, is the six pieces of a successful book. Number two, the design of the book. Design means the layout of the book. That means what does it look like? What are the pages going to look like? What are the chapter headings going to be? What kind of fonts you're going to use? The spacing, the paragraphs, all of that stuff. The little boxes, if you're going to have little boxes in between your paragraphs, the layout, the cover of the book, the images in the book, if there are any, the formatting, if it's going to be any, like, again, the size of the fonts, where do, are you going to have page numbers? They're going to be in the bottom little corner. They're going to be on the left. They're going to be at the top. You're going to have the name of the book on every page. You're going to have your name on the other pages. What is it going to be? All that's part of the design of the book. And this does matter. Now, is it the most important thing? No. But is it important, period? Yes. This is one that every author understands, but unfortunately, many authors try to do this on their own when they're much better at writing than they are at designing. All right, most of you authors are authors. You're not designers. Most authors are not authors and designers, and most designers are not authors. All right, so you got to stay in your lane. Which lane are you in? Are you an author or a designer? If you're not a designer, here's the good news. These days, you can get good design work done for relatively cheap. And when I say relatively cheap, sometimes that means free because there are a lot of templates when it comes to formatting that you can just plug your book into so that you don't, number one, don't have to worry about trying to pay to get it done. Maybe you don't have the budget for it or everybody has the budget for it if you're writing a book, but maybe you don't want to come up any extra money to get your book out there. And number two, you don't have to make the investment, the mental investment of trying to figure out graphic design. And I agree with you. You don't want to, and you shouldn't, even if you could, right, because you ain't no graphic designer. Okay. So this is all important. So what I'm saying here, if you have listened to this show for some time, you've heard me rant and rave about how people who are not graphic designers need to stop graphic designing, whether that's an author, an entrepreneur, a salesperson. If your business title is not graphic designer, don't do graphic design. All right. Everybody got it. The layout, cover, images, formatting of your book are graphic design jobs that you are unqualified to do. And I heretofore ban you from doing them. Okay. So don't do this. Don't do any graphic design. The good news again today is there are plenty of templates that you can just plug your book into. So you don't have to do any design. Just plug into a template that's already designed and they're mostly free and there are thousands of them to choose from. So you don't even have to make this decision. Okay. So get help with all of this stuff so that your graphics look as well as the words read. So don't let your graphics kill the quality of the writing. All right. The quality of the writing is good. I know because you're an author. So don't kill that with poor graphics because you simply didn't do your job 
as far as outsourcing work that you personally just should not have been doing in the first place. Everybody follow me here. So get help with this stuff. So again, the graphics can do the justice to your writing. Okay, everybody with me. Great. You are an expert at writing words. So hire someone who's an expert at graphic design. Have I stressed that point enough? Do I need to say it another 10 times? Good. You have heard the saying that you should never judge a book by its cover. And the reason people say that is because people judge books by their cover. All right. All human beings judge books by their cover. We judge people by their appearance and we judge books by their appearance. All right. You could be the best in the world. But if your appearance looks sloppy, then people are going to assume that you're sloppy. And many of them are not open minded nor objective enough to give you the time of day to find out if their snap assessment was actually true. They're just going to assume that it is true and they won't listen to you because they assume you're sloppy and they don't want to hear someone who's sloppy. You can look sloppy, but be a great performer. You can look sloppy, but be the smartest person in the room. But if people think you look sloppy, they won't even listen to find out how smart you are because they've already decided because they judged your book by your cover. You follow me? This applies to your book. It applies to you personally. It applies to everything that you do. There's a very small percentage of people who are open minded enough who can look at you and think you look sloppy, but still be willing to listen to you and find out if it's true. Most people decide something and they just decide everything that they judged you about off one little thing. They just decide that's the whole case and they don't want to listen to anything else. I was on X the other day, the app formerly known as Twitter. It was two couples sitting at what looked to be a baseball game, like in the bleachers. And the picture was taken from behind them. Like somebody was sitting a few rows up from them and it's two couples. And it's one couple where it's both a man and a woman. And one couple, the man is sitting there and the woman is sitting behind him. She has her elbow up on the seat behind him and her hand is on like the back of his head, like leaning in towards him like this or leaning in towards him, period. If you're not watching on video, she's leaning towards him and her hand is on the back of her man's apparently hit. The other couple is sitting right next to them and the man is sitting there. He's sitting in his seat kind of the same way that the other guy is. But the girl is sitting in her seat and she's leaning forward a little bit. You can't see their faces. She's leaning forward a little bit almost as if maybe she might be looking at her phone. You can't tell, but you can see that she's leaning forward. And at the moment that the picture is taken, this couple is sitting on the left. There's no physical contact between them. But the other couple, the woman has her hand on the back of her man's head. And the caption of the person who posted this photo said, which couple do you think has a more loving and happy relationship, couple A or couple B? And I left the comment that was the objective answer, the objective right answer. I'm kind of being tongue in cheek, but I'm not which was, how the hell are we supposed to judge that based off a picture? You have no idea what's going on with these couples. You don't know anything. All you got is a snapshot. You can't judge anything off this. And I, I was like, that's, that's ridiculous. It's ridiculous for you to even ask that question. But this picture had like thousands of comments on it of people basically psychoanalyzing who's a happier couple just based on this little photo. And I know some people were doing it kind of as a tongue in cheek, like as a joke, but there are people who do this. They seriously were responding. So, well, look, she's touching him and she's not even there's no contact. They're probably not happy. They're probably arguing. I'm like, yo, how the hell can you draw that conclusion based off of that? I'm saying all that to say this. Most people do this all of life. They get one little tiny piece of information about a person and they make all these judgments about the entirety of that person's life, their business, everything that they're about with no information whatsoever. And understand they do this when it comes to your book. So do not kill your own book's success with a trashy presentation because they're a bunch of non-thinking people who otherwise would buy your book, who won't just based on it looking trashy from the outside. Okay, so don't let your poor graphic design skills strangle your great writing skills. Okay, so make sure your book looks as professional as your writing is. Have you ever wondered why so many people have big goals and big dreams for themselves 
and they work hard every single day, yet they never reach their goals. You ever wondered about that? I have. And I found out the reason why this happens is because most people never ask themselves a key third question, which is, who do I need to be while I'm doing what I'm doing so that I can have what I want to have? You see, if you never fix your mindset and the way that you're thinking about a situation and the way you think about yourself and the way you see yourself in the mirror, then it doesn't matter what you do and it doesn't matter what you want. You will never get there because you simply have an inaccurate formula. I wrote the book called The Mirror of Motivation, which addresses this first question. Who do I need to be? And then when you answer that question, then when you do what you need to do, it will produce the outcomes that you have in what you want to have. If that sounds like it might be the missing link in your process. And let me let you know. It is the missing link in your process. Go to mirrorofmotivation.com. All you do is cover the shipping and I'm gonna give you a free copy of that book physically mailed to your doorstep. Again, mirrorofmotivation.com. So you can be who you need to be, then do what you need to do, and then you're gonna have what you wanna have in your life. Mirrorofmotivation.com. Point number three. Today's topic, once again, is the six pieces of a successful book. Number three, market planning. Now let's get into the business side of this. Well, this is all the business side, but this is the meat and potatoes of the business side is market planning. So who is it for, which we talked about a little bit already, and how are they going to know that it's for them? So this is about you actually getting the word out to the world that you have a book that they should read. And when I say the world, I mean the people who you actually wrote the book for doesn't have to be every human on the planet. An important thing to know about writing books is that you need to be selling and marketing your book before the book comes out. Let me say that sentence again. I want to make sure everybody in the back heard me. An important thing to know about writing books is that you need to be selling and marketing your book before the book comes out, not when it comes out. You don't start talking about your book the day that it releases. You need to start talking about the book before it comes out. Did everybody hear me? Authors, did you hear me? Okay. When I say selling the book before it comes out, what I mean is you can be collecting money if you want for your book, meaning you can actually have a pre-sale available. So if you have a mock-up of your book, a mock-up is simply just an image of the book on a screen. You don't actually have the physical book yet because you didn't finish writing it. But if you have a mock-up that can show people the book so they can see visually, this is what I'm going to get and allow them to give you money, you can do that. That's one way of doing it, but you don't necessarily have to do that before your book comes out if you don't want to. Many authors these days do do a pre-sale of their books, but you don't have to do a pre-sale. One thing that you can also do is when I say selling, is you're selling people on the idea of the book so that they are anticipating the release of the book before it comes out. So you don't have to have a pre-sale. You can just put the book out the day it comes out and this is the regular price and it's regularly available today, but you've been talking about it for months before it came out. That's what I mean when I say sell the book before it comes out. So you can literally sell it, but you can also sell the concept of the book, just letting people know that something's on the way. Anyone who does any type of launch in business, this is what they do. Any of you who's following any influencer on the internet, you notice that a lot of them do launches and they'll just tell you something's coming. They won't even tell you what it is. Something's coming. Then they just kind of lead up, lead up, lead up, lead up. Then they finally tell you, oh, this is the thing. This is my course. And it's going to be this. And it's going to be that. And it's going to have these in it. And you're going to get this, this, and this. And you're going to learn how to do that. And we're going to solve all these problems. And then they may pre-sell it. Or they may just keep telling you, well, on this date is dropping. On this date is dropping. They keep telling you about that date. It's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. And then the day that it drops, they want to build up so much momentum that everybody's ready to go buy it the day that it comes out. What are they doing? They're selling you on the product before the product is available to be bought. You need to be doing the same thing with your book. Just let people know it's coming. And notice that people do this in damn near everything. People do this with events. Any of you ever been to someone's event? What do they do? 
All right, the event is coming up June 5th. It could be like January. All right, the event's coming up June 5th. And they just keep talking about it, talking about it, talking about it, talking about it. And they're getting you all excited for this event. And then when the event finally comes, they want everybody to be excited to be at the event because they've been talking about it for months. You don't just wait till it comes out to the day of the event. Hey, everybody, I'm having an event. You want to come? No, no, it's too late. Right, you got to get people excited early. Remember that human beings are hard-headed. Now, we got to hear the same thing over and over and over again before we actually do something because we are lazy, we don't think, and we don't read. And even though I'm talking about books, ironically. You have to tell people things over and over and over and over again, and you got to tell them ahead of time and tell them again and again and again. Otherwise, they will forget and they will, life will get in their way. Okay. So I remember when I was talking about my book, The Third Day, and I was talking about it months before it actually came out. If I was to put a new book out now in the way that I did The Third Day, I'd probably talk about it like eight months before the book came out. Whereas with The Third Day, I didn't start talking about it till maybe June. The book came out in August. So I did maybe about two or three months ahead of time. But if I was to do something like that now, I'll probably talk about it like six to eight months ahead of time, maybe even a year ahead of time, depending on the kind of book that I was putting out. Now, I do my books a little bit different than like a traditional, normal, quote unquote, normal book. The whole point is getting your audience ready before you even have a way for them to purchase. Okay. So you want to start selling it. And so I was doing it two months before it came out. But and again, I was talking about it like eight months before it came out, but I would have been selling it even harder. I would have pre-sold it even earlier than that if I was doing it again today. So you need to be doing this because you want to build your audience before you actually sell them a thing. Again, build your audience before you sell them a thing. And this applies to any product. This is not limited to just books. Okay. Your market planning is meaning thinking about your ideal audience, where can you find them, and how you will be getting in touch with them to let them know you have something on the way and after it comes out, let them know that your book came out. All right, so you're going to be doing this. This is an ongoing thing. So marketing, uh, you heard my series about marketing, right? Marketing is an ongoing thing. It's not a start and stop thing. It's not a, oh, I did my marketing. No, marketing, you don't do marketing. Marketing is an ongoing, you live marketing. I mean, you're in a business. You're an entrepreneur. You live marketing. Marketing is the number one thing you do in business. You're not doing marketing. You're not doing business. Okay. So your business is not your book. Your business is your ability to sell your book. Your business is not the book. Swap out book. Your business is not your course. It's not your event. It's not your coaching program. It's not your consultations. It's not your speaking events. It's not your speech. It's not the product or the service. Your business is your ability to sell the thing. Because if you don't sell it, there's no business. Okay, Just because you have it doesn't put you in business. The fact that you can sell it puts you in business. Business is the exchange of money, folks. So the only time there is business happening is when you are doing something that is putting you in a position to exchange money. So just creating something is not business. That's creating. That's art. That's artistry. Selling is the business. Everybody follow me. All right. If you remember anything from what you hear from Dre Baldwin, at least when it comes to business, that's the part you need to remember. Marketing is ongoing and the business is when something gets exchanged. So I told you I was one. I just gave you two for the price of one. So let's recap. Tomorrow, we're going to get into the second part of this. The six pieces of a successful book. Again, I've written 35 books officially. And a lot of people ask me about books and talk to me about books. And I'm going to give you the six things you need in place if you're going to put a book out. Number one, editorial. What the book is going to be and what it is about in your writing. As you're writing the book, you need to keep this idea in mind and make sure that you are delivering on the promise that you have in your mind about your book. Number two, the design. It's the layout, the cover, the image, the formatting. Remember that people do judge books by their cover. That includes people. It includes books. It includes courses. It includes houses, clothes, cars, everything in life. We judge them by their covers, even though we say not to do that. Everybody does it anyway. So make sure your cover, quote unquote cover, including literally your cover, are representative of the quality of your writing. And number three, market planning. Who is it for and how will they know that it's for them? You need to be selling your book 
the idea of the book or literally selling the book before it comes out. You want to be building up your audience before you ask them for anything. And you do this by giving them quality content, quality value, useful stuff that are around the concept of the books. And when you do drop the book, they're already ready to buy from you because they already know you're an expert. They already know you can help them and you've already given them value. All right. So you're basically making it easy for yourself to sell books. Tomorrow, we're going to go into the second part of this with the other three things you need to launch a book and have it out there successfully so that you can do business, which is the exchange of money between you and them. Text me, see on my text community. My number is 305-384-6894 and workonyourgameuniversity.com. That is the place where we do all of our coaching, place we do all of our business stuff to help entrepreneurs like yourself, professionals like yourselves, get your personal life in order, your professional life in order around mindset, strategy, systems, and accountability, disciplines, processes, all of those things so that you can be the most successful version of you. Squeeze all the juice out of that orange, metaphorically speaking, or hey, literally, work on your game, university.com. Work on your game. Dre, all day. While you are here, don't forget to text me so you can be part of my texting community where you can ask me questions. You can share challenges with me. You are messaging me directly. You can get a direct response from me because I do read and reply to my messages. My number again, 305-384-6894. One more time, 305-384-6894. Make sure you text me because you never know when I'm going to send a message that could be the one thing you need to hear, the one thing you need to do, the one insight you need to get that could change your life. Make sure you message me 305-384-6894. Do you know what the number one key is for you to advance and get to a higher level from where you are right now? It is not for you to work harder, wake up earlier or go to sleep later. No, it is for you to get the right insight. In other words, to ask yourself the right questions. These questions are usually questions that you don't have the answer to. But dealing with those questions opens the door for you getting to that next level that you want to reach. How do you get help with this? By getting coaching, by getting around other people who can see things that you don't see, who have perceptions and insights that you don't have. This is why coaching is as valuable as it is. And this is why higher level performers always invest in coaching. The best way you can do that from here is to go to work on your game university.com. That is the only place I offer coaching, the only place I work with anyone directly. If you just go to work on your game university.com, you can see all your options for getting involved with us and engaging and having someone coaching you so that you can take yourself to that next level again through insight, not just through effort. Again, it's work on your game university.com.